All right, welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I very much appreciate you spending part of your day with me and my wonderful guest on today's program. It is Saturday, October 30th, 2021, a day before Halloween. Is it All Hallows Eve? I think that's what it is. I don't know. I got to rewatch uh, Hocus Pocus tonight uh, or tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see how it goes because it's college football Saturday. Braves are on. A lot of lot of sports to watch, so I can't make any promises. Um, I'm coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, where the Tennessee Volunteers do not have a game today, but that is okay. Uh, bye week ahead of the Kentucky game next week and then the Georgia game that follows. So much needed week off at the Alabama game last week. But it is weird not having uh, Tennessee football to to look forward to as Khaleesi the dog makes her entrance as I do this intro for uh, you good folks. Um, like I said, on today's program, sports reporters assemble. It's Saturday, but no Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press will be back next week. Uh, but we still got the awesome The Daily Beast's Robert Silverman on today's pod to talk all kinds of NBA, Knicks, uh, Lakers problems, Westbrook, uh, the Washington football team emails, just all kinds of all kinds of stuff. But it's always a great time talking to Bob and uh, he's in the pod and Andrew every Saturday on this very feed. Um, The Chase Thomas podcast is brought to you by the Blue Wire Pod Network. So go check out all the wonderful 200 plus shows across our excellent network, Brownstown, uh, The Rumor, all kinds of great stuff. Wide Receiver One with Chris Carter. Um, also, make sure to go check out the team at outsider.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, etc., where being an outsider is what we have in common. Uh, thanks to our sponsors for, today epi- to, bleh, for today's episode. I greatly appreciate it. Quickly on the Braves now going up two to one in this series late on a Friday, a dreary rainy Friday here in Knoxville, but also back home in Atlanta. Um, they take care of business. Uh, great solo shot by Darno late for the insurance run that they ended up not needing anyway. Um, close game. Uh, it's a great game. Ian Anderson is just surreal. You get the the Greg Maddox shout out on Twitter.com, which is which is pretty awesome, right? Um Matzik is just lights out. Luke Jackson doing what he needs to do. The bullpen's fine. There were three games in. They're being asked to do a lot, and there were some questions whether or not Snit should have taken out Ian Anderson when he did, but it worked out. Um, it was okay, and that's fine. Ian Anderson just sensational, sensational work to this point. Um, yeah, game four tomorrow. Uh, game five, the, the Braves have an opportunity to end this in Atlanta. Um, it's exciting times, exciting, exciting times, uh, to be a, an Atlanta Braves fan. Uh, we're really, really close. It feels a little surreal that we're two games out, but, um, Hey, you know, I got to do it. It's part of my brand now, just being a old man, uh, just <laughs> turning into Larry David, uh, from Kirby enthusiasm, the older I get being 30 years old now. Um, they got done before midnight. Shout out to them. Baseball, getting it done before midnight, um, the game did not take four hours tonight. Very nice. Well, let's keep that rolling this weekend. Um, that's great. Uh, and also, that Ian Anderson at bat and just stuff like that. It's almost gone. We've only got a couple more games, it uh, looks like, of pitchers making fools of themselves at the, the plate. And we can just move past this, this silliness and 
get uh, get a better product in 2022 or 2023 when there's actually another baseball season. But that is for another another podcast. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. The sports reporters we have indeed assembled, and when I say sports reporters, I just mean the Daily Beast. Bob Silverman, would you like to tell the good folks why our good friend, dear Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press, is not here this evening? Well, it's mainly because he's soft. <laughs> um, that's the that's what my sources mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, well, I can't say where my sources are, but let's just say my sources close to Andrew Hammond or familiar with Andrew Hammond's thinking mm-hmm. uh, say that he's a soft soft man that he's a man lacking in hardness. And so he was too soft to record the pod. I personally, and I, you know, I'm speculating here, this is not something I can report, is that he's scared of the ferocity of my takes. And mm. so he uh, he decided to take a time out, not unlike uh, Ben Simmons, if you will, to say that he's got, you know, he's got, oh, he's got a sore throat. He can't, he can't enter the arena of takeology today. Were you in the building chanting "Where's Ben Simmons?" the other day? That was not me. No, no. Okay. I was one of the guys in the outside. I was the Bing Bong guy on the outside. <laughs> Who's your favorite fan from that video? Because I've watched it's, that at least thirteen times. From okay, for those who have not partaken, there is a, a video that went mildly viral of Knicks fans absolutely losing their bits because they won a single game. Mm-hmm. Way to act like you've been there, guys. But. Um, no, I'm 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 ribbing my fellow Knicks fans. It's awesome. I love them getting that amped. In any case, there's a video of all of them outside of the garden just screaming into a camera. Mm-hmm. And there's about I think nine or ten different featured players. The one that's getting the most attention is this one guy who just said "Bing Bong," and that's it. <laughs> Wait, that's not the one who got the most attention. No, the most attention is the guy who just got memed into being Pikachu, where he's like. <laughs> Like that dude yeah, was the guy having a petite mal seizure. Also a very popular. He's my personal figure. favorite. There's that guy, but there's the guy who. Well, we don't know if he said more than Bing Bong, or the editor very smartly just said, "Nope, cut, print, Bing Bong." That's your statement. Nice win. It was actually the back page of the New York Daily News was Bing Bong. The streak is dead because the Knicks hadn't mm. beaten the Sixers in. I think it was since two like 15 straight games they'd lost to philadelphia is that true yeah hmm it, i mean granted there were some very low years this is just a this is a fairly recent street just started in 20s 2016 2017 season that's a long and time though y'all are in the same division yeah so they play each other a lot that's what i'm saying that's kind so of preposterous that's rack up that many losses in four years they look the sixers have been good all those years and the Knicks have been until last year bad and they lost a couple of tough games to Philly uh, last season they played them close but they couldn't pull it out and Bede was pretty dominant and, and I think I think they played them twice last year you know, during the COVID season mm-hmm. but um, well, that was two years ago during the COVID season uh, and last year also the abbreviated season. I think they played them three or four times and Bede was very good the entire time and they lost. Um, but in any case, my favorite Super Knicks fan, it's a toss-up. Mm. Some days it's the guy the guy with uh, the bald man with no eyebrows 
who looks like uh, the lead singer from that song uh, Beds Are Burning, uh, but I don't think it's the same guy because that was an Australian, um, who goes, we had Cuomo, we had de Blasio, we've been through a lot. And so this is, you know, that guy, mm-hmm. very high-ranking guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also a fan of the guy just because of the tone that he uses, mm-hmm. the lilts that he adds to. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, Kevin Durant, don't you wish you'd come to the Knicks? <laughs> that guy. I like that guy. It was all so, great. It, it, if you have not checked it out, folks, I'd highly encourage you to, to go check it out. It's, it's a delight. Tom Brady, where's my bread guy? Mm-hmm. Is, is also a quality guy. There, there are a lot of, you have a lot of different kind of New York guys in that mm-hmm. video. I'm not any single one of them, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate it. I think they're all awesome. They all. Do you get loud at games when you go to Knicks games? Do you do you whistle? Do you yell? What is your no, game I'm a, day? I'm a... uh, I used to go with my buddy behind uh, the visitors bench uh, for <laughs> Hawks games. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I. I just I'm not a. I'm not a boisterous person, Bob. Like, I thought in that moment I might be more like the most you'll get out of me is at Tennessee games. Like, the college atmosphere just, like, brings more of it out of you, and I don't know why. Um, Maybe it's the sounds. Maybe it's the band. It's a different thing when it's, you know, mainly people your own age, people you Mm -hmm. at least kind of sort of know who went to college, and, like, everyone's an alum. Like, you know, going to a game... We when I was when I was a, a youth, you could go to Madison. You could like twelve bucks would buy you a decent seat in Madison Square Garden. It was not the. Oh, can I can I can I rant about that for a second, for a real quick? Ticket price thing. Now. I mean, it's a corporate event now. Yes. You can I rant about this for a second? Rowdy atmosphere. You do it at a college game. Yeah. So this is something that I had jotted down uh, during the World Series. Was that like? So it's been normalized now, and like we see this in the NBA Finals, but like. We've normalized uh, middle class and lower class fans being outside the arena and just watching the game collectively outside of the arena in the cold while the people that can afford the thousands of dollars necessary all sit in there and we like get rid of seats to fill it up and you have empty seats in NBA finals games because you've priced out so many people. And like, if you look at a random Falcons game, it's terrible. Like the attendance is terrible. It's really ridiculous. I know I sound like... I sound like somebody's grandfather saying, when I was a boy, a Hershey But no, that's, that's real. But it's actually true. You could go to a Knicks game and it was not a financially, you know, it's not the kind of decision where you had to weigh the pros and cons of emptying that much out of your bank account mm-hmm. if you're an, you know, an average person and wanted to go. Um, we Rave tickets are going for 1500 on Friday. I'll tell you what the really cool thing we could do, the, what we would do is we'd go, we would wait till the game had started, we would find the most desperate scalpers outside the arena, my father and I, and then we would just take, like, a, we would get, we would pay less than face value for whatever the ticket was, and for, for, like, the cheapest seats he had. We'd wait till the halftime, and you'd go up and you'd ask the ushers which season ticket holders didn't show up, and they just let you sit there. Mm-hmm. That's really not going to happen now, ever. No, that's it's not going to be a no, thing. No, they will stop people who don't have the proper ticket from approaching that part of the stadium or arena. Let alone will they say, like, yeah, he didn't, like, these four rich guys didn't show up tonight. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's a very different thing. I and mean, I think it's terrible. Look, I think... But there's no going back. Like, I don't think we flip it. I think that's I just part no, of it now. No, of course not. Like, stadium owners are not going to say, like, well, we're going to... We're going to reduce the amount of revenue we get mm-hmm. 
from tickets, especially in the sports that are so dependent on. Like there are sports that are TV revenue dependent, and there are sports that are like actual filling arena dependent. Then neither one of them is going to give up a single buck on that. None of them are. Um, it's been it's been a really fun week for owners and owners and <laughs> and, and and league structures. I think that brings us quite nicely into like Roger Goodell saying that Dan Dan Snyder has been punished enough. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so, speak of Dan, mm-hmm. one more New York thing, and we'll we'll stop with the New York <laughs> the New York Radio I don't know Hour. I saw this blurb from the New York mm-hmm. Daily News, but it's it's by the way, is almost November, mm-hmm. uh, and the Mets don't have anyone running their team yet. Nobody wants the job. Nope. Nobody wants the job. They have a pitching coach who they kept, but they have no staff, and they have no general manager. And they have no president of baseball operations unless you want to just sort of count Sandy Alderson who's filling that seat. And everyone has turned them down. Anyone worth their salt has said, mm, thank you. It's not you. It's me. I'm not ready to commit to the Mets. You're giving me the you. it's not you, it's me routine? Yeah, mm. to the Mets. But the Mets are them. And in any case, it's really hilarious. Uh, it, probably less so for Mets fans like me, but it's also really. And there was a, an item in the New York Daily News that this time around, Sandy Alderson isn't leading the search, which might be a good thing because he did hire a guy who was a sex pest and another guy who got busted for being uh, drunk in a parking lot at four in the morning and is awaiting trial. So, yeah, maybe someone else should handle that. But the owner is uh i'll give you i don't know if you read this so i'll ask you to guess chase mm. do you know who whose wise counsel the own the owner is seeking out when making this decision Ooh, i haven't looked at this so now i'm curious um hmm whose counsel cohen is looking at it is someone who is on the board of directors of the mets oh I'll, I'll tell you this is it's not a baseball person mark cuban it is not mark cuban Am I in the right track here? Um, in that the person is a dingus, yes, but <laughs> not really. You're, generally, you're in the right territory when you're thinking someone who should not be consulted for this. Mm. Uh, Woody Johnson? No, no. He has more sports experience than this person. Okay. Mm. Bill de Blasio. <laughs> Very close. It's Chris Christie. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And, of course, Chris Christie's son is somehow achieved a high-ranking position in the Mets front office, too. Mm. So, yeah, th- there's a whole thing in the Daily News, which I encourage mm. you to read by Disha Toshar, about uh, how Alderson isn't really consulting the last front office official left in the building and is instead sort of asking various hedge fund buddies of his and disgraced New York, New Jersey ex-governor Chris Christie, last seen begging for scraps to be a closer part of the Trump administration for advice on which person to hire to run the team. The You know, the uh, winter meetings are about to, you know, are going to creep up there real soon. And it probably would be wise to have a person running the team who could then maybe, I don't know, hire a manager and, you know, make some decisions about how to make a team that finished uh, a truly sad, desultory 77 and 85 a little bit better. There are all these 
free agents who will become free agents very soon and they need to decide whether to keep some of them or offer extensions or maybe, I don't know, sign someone else using uh, Mets owner Steve Cohen's $14.1 billion net worth, worth. So I would think someone should get the job soon mm-hmm. but everyone keeps saying no and chris christie is evidently not helping at all so there's that um it's really really there's someone else told me that that what a friend of them uh said to them was you know everyone's very excited because for those who haven't been paying attention to the mets and that was a wise life choice mm. uh the mets uh for years they had to deal with the fact that the Wilpons, who were not only petty incompetent and meddling had no money relative to other people who own sports franchises mm-hmm. and so here comes the very wealthy steve cohen who is a mets fan mm-hmm. and they thought okay well you know he'll spend money and he's sort of done that but he's also done a lot of the horrible george steinbrenner but without any of the charm meddling stuff that just wrecks pro sports franchises just like the Wilpons did and there was someone, a friend of mine said, and I don't know who this person is, so I can't properly credit them because it's a great line. And evidently, You don't know who your friend said, is that you're quoting? No, I know the friend, <laughs> quoting the friend's friend. This mm. is a friend of a friend line. And what the friend of a friend said is, mm-hmm. from the moment Cohen took over, they said he's going to become baseball Dan Snyder. Oh, no. Which is a truly, truly apt comparison. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because he is. He's baseball Dan Snyder. Well, it's a little early. We don't know yet. Oh, he's on the he's on the right track. Let me. We'll see. And also, baseball oh. is just different, just because of the salary constraints, um, the lack thereof. Which, so that matters. So it's like done, he can be bad and no, he can continue failing up. Like the everyone in the NFL operates on the same salary cap. The Mets can fail up and still find a way out of just bad ownership. Oh, the salary cap. Look, you. They went to the World Series. What five, six years ago? How long has it been now? Twenty fifteen. It's six. Uh, approaching. Yeah. 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 It can be done. Sure, it can. It won't be fun. They got, they got, they got very lucky that year. They went to the World Series. They got very. They got. Did they ever show Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock during that World Series run? I'm sure they did. That was a joke. Uh, They showed them all the time. Yeah, (laughs) they they got lucky. They 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 got Cepeda, and Mm -hmm. he hit like, you know, Harmon Killebrew for a couple of months, Mm -hmm. and that's a name. Then in the World Series. Uh, and then in the playoffs in the World Series, Daniel Murphy suddenly turned into Rogers Hornsby mm. and led them to that World Series. Well, that's so what we got, got with Eddie Rosario this year. Yeah, basically like that. Or, you know, the, the insane hot streak that Kiki Hernandez was on. Kike Hernandez was on. Mm-hmm. It's a cool um, name. It's a cool name. Um, well, do you want the, to talk the about... The spelling takes a little bit getting used to. It, it's a tough one at first glance. Okay. Um... um do you want so, to get yeah. into what happened this week with uh i mean i don't even want to touch the nhl one because there's so much to unpack no, there no like there is just, so much it's I'm, I'm a little surprised i mean it's hockey and people don't in america in north america or at least in this in america in the united states don't really if this I happened in the nfl or the nba it would just be hockey, hockey was last at the center of the american sports universe in 1980 it's been a while Mm-hmm. That was the last time I think. I mean, or when when Gretzky was really good. But even then, it's been a minute since people cared about people, sports fans. Really, really had any. 
knowledge of like casual sports fans do not know who the best nhl player it's just regional like it's just like baseball where it's a regional sport and it's a regional sport and much of the oomph is in a few northeastern cities and Mm -hmm. then of course canada uh where they care a great deal Mm -hmm. um but it's just not getting coverage and the details are horrific the team is absolutely complicit and they ran the what to do when there is an allegation of uh, a sexual crime playbook that's in sports which is that it re- they really just don't care about the victim and they will do anything to make sure that their first priority is making sure that the franchise isn't quote unquote harmed in some way or making or sure it that messes up the team chemistry. Was that the quote? Yeah. Throughout? Like what there's is a, happening? There's a quote about they've done, they've done a lot to get to the playoffs <sighs> that year and they didn't want to side rail it. Like it's, it's just awful. And the, everybody on the team knew and they covered it up and they let the guy who was accused ride on the championship float. When the when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, I would encourage anyone who has not read the reports. If you're not a big hockey it's, person, please read a, all the reporting on this. Grim, it's horrific. It's, not a, it's a it's really just nightmare fuel stuff. It's mm-hmm. the Nasser stuff all over again. It is the exact same, although Nasser took over. You know the it's not in terms of like quantity. Of course, and you know not it's not the same thing. It didn't go on for as many years, but the pattern follows the exact same structure where that those people in a position of authority to do something about this instead decided that that wasn't their job <sighs> but you know shouts to Kyle like shouts <laughs> I, I, Kyle Peach deserves all the praise in the world for having the bravery to do what he did it is to to relive that kind of trauma in front of a television camera and in front of the entire world is an act of such bravery that I cannot even that it's it's really difficult for anyone who hasn't been harmed that badly to I think understand the the enormity and the magnitude of what he did. So uh, Kyle Beach, who's the player uh, making the accusation, is uh, deserves all the credit in the world. But yes, people should read up on that. In other sports awfulness. So what did people think was going to happen here with the Washington football team in the emails? Were people actually really expecting Roger Goodell, who works for Daniel Snyder, to... to, to Yeah, I didn't expect Goodell to say publicly... Unless his hand Daniel is tied Snyder where they're like, you're punched. doing it. Like, it that wouldn't be his call. That, that, that was the thing that lost it to me, was the line, Daniel Snyder has been punished for this. Yeah. It was like, no, that's that's just not true. His team, the team was fined. That does not come out of Daniel Snyder's pocket. He didn't write a check. Uh, in fact, he was allowed to purchase a larger stake in the team. To me, that doesn't, you know, are you saying that, how, in what universe was he possibly disciplined for this? Also, he should not be disciplined for this. He should be made to sell the team. But the, look, I mean, wasn't the idea? Didn't he say like he's been disciplined because he's like not been in power or around the team in months? They gave him like a whatever. He doesn't actually do anything. The fact that he doesn't show up to the office every day is kind of irrelevant. Right? Owners don't re- like owners aren't there. 
at least as far as my knowledge there, I'm sure there are reporters who have a great deal more depth of experience with the actual organizational structure of pro sports teams. In most instances, the owner is there to go and sit in uh, a cushy box seat and smile and wave on Sunday. The, the bulk of the decisions are made long before they need to get the owner's stamp of approval. And he's only there to really just sort of say like, okay, that's the direction we're going. Let's do that. And rubber stamp whatever the people he's hired to do choose to do but having him away for whatever x number of months one like what is is he barred from making calls is he barred from emailing people that's unenforceable for one two it's like all he does is what the redskins the redskins i forgot that they ditched their racist nickname what the football team does is they exist to make dan snyder more wealthy um and that hasn't stopped in fact they've only increased the degree to which that has happened especially if he can, you know, strong arm the state of Maryland into giving him a new football stadium, which I like considering that Oakland even, which is broke, caved to the A's. Nobody, no state actually really says no to an owner when they say pay for a new stadium, please. They all eventually will cave in one form or another. Um, And it's like, no, not only has he not been punished for this, like he's been rewarded, he's gotten to skate. He has been given more power, more authority, with, and he has been made more rich by this. It was like there are times that Cadell Cadell has one job, and for the most part, he does it quite well, which is again to make those thirty-two people and/or consortiums who own NFL teams more wealthy. That is his only job. His other job is often to take flack so that people don't pay as much attention to the Dan Snyders of the world. And when when there are moments like this where he says something that's so awful, I'm just wondering, wait a second, is he is this some Machiavellian stroke of genius where he's now forcing people or forcing, where he's now put himself in a position where people like me are going to yell at Roger Goodell again and, and sort of take their eyes off the question of Daniel Snyder, who according to reports, if you go through those emails, it's not just, you know, the former GM, then president, sending nude photos of cheerleaders back and forth with John Gruden. It's that it's serial sexual harassment and serial sexual assault is what will be proved in those emails. And that's where the focus needs to be. I I just don't think that's where it's going. Hmm? I don't think that's where it's going. You you don't think they're going to leak? No, I don't. Uh, I I personally am not looking for them because I don't have the kind of connections within the NFL to even begin to attempt such a thing. But I would be very, very surprised if every single NFL reporter and probably others worth their salt are not moving heaven and earth to get that, to get those emails leaked. I would not disagree. I just... I don't know. We'll see how much power they have because I just I don't know. We, I think you're going against the well, biggest of the biggest. I, it takes one. It takes one person with 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 access to to the emails. Yeah, and that's not just one person. You know, that's one person in an in the NFL's offices. One person who is involved with the white shoe law firm firm in charge with doing this investigation. There are a lot of points of access here that some of whom maybe don't really care too much about 
who are willing to burn a few bridges or two. That's all it takes. It takes one person, and there are many people who have seen it by now, and that creates a great deal of risk. Which, if you want to get really, like, I don't think this, I mean, the question of why the Gruden info was the only thing that got released, um, like, clearly that was done. It seems to me the odds are incredibly high that whoever, whomever leaked that did so with the tacit knowledge and approval of by the NFL. And whether that, whether, again, I'm just guessing. I have no idea whether that was done like, okay, well, if we give them Gruden, maybe they won't want to come back for the rest of the pie. I don't know. And why Gruden was was thrown under the bus, I don't know. But there's obviously... Clearly, no, someone... Someone powerful did not like John Gruden. I think we can sure. we can confirm that. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, someone clearly was like, "Yeah, okay, he gets to go." Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if it was if it was done purely out of someone with a grudge to bear, or a sense of spite, or or whether this. Was I think a, we give these people way too much Machiavellian credit. Where I'm just like, I think I it was know, just. I think it was I just know. a rich person who didn't like John Gruden. If, there, if there's one thing that the last, I don't know, five years worth of news <laughs> in sports, but everywhere has taught us, it's that the people in charge really they should be wearing Velcro sneakers <laughs> because they lack <laughs> they lack the wherewithal to handle a lace. Let alone two. <laughs> oh, Bob. That's, uh, that's, that's my big picture, is that, yeah, everyone in charge is a venal, incompetent dingus and should be, and, 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 and should be wearing... You know I was scared of Velcro growing up? Really? Why? Yeah, the sound did not like. I, I guess at a young age, I heard the sound and was like traumatized by it. It's a disturbing it. sound. That mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's not a good sound. I can understand you having a, a visceral dispart- like negative reaction to that. Yeah. So it uh, it permeated into my young adolescent was, life. I, look, I am old enough not to date myself, but I'm old mm-hmm. enough to remember when the Velcro lace uh-huh. was seen as some kind of wild innovation. <laughs> And so it was a cool thing to have mm-hmm. sneakers with Velcro laces that didn't last very long. But for a minute there, it was seen as being bleeding edge tech that everyone had to get a piece of. So yeah, I had Velcro sneakers at one point. Like that and the, the pump up basketball shoe. Those were the, that was the new hotness back in the day. I never did the rollerblading shoes. Did you ever do those with the wheelies that, no. that came out? No. Same here. Same here. Um, I have been pretty much a, a solid, I wear black Chuck Taylor low tops guy for i'm gonna say 25 years now how many days out of the year so you get 365 days a year how many days are you wearing low top black and white chuck taylors i mean no i'm just saying that's my go-to sneaker and Mm. when i need new sneakers you just get the same pair over and over again oh uh, well yeah you know i go i know what size to get Mm -hmm. what size are you uh i am like a nine to ten depending on the make and the model Mm. the the converse are cut small so it's usually a nine I'm a ten and a half. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> Good for you. Eleven in Nikes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Converse Chuck Taylors. That's what I wear. I, you know, I did have a couple of pairs of Air Jordans in high school. Uh, I did go through a Stan Smith phase. Um, From American Dad. Uh, 
know the actual Stan Smith Adidas sneakers. He was a tennis player. Oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there was a period where I never wore sneakers and, and only wore like various kinds of like Doc Martens and, mm. uh, you know, combat boot type things. I went through dre- my dress shoe phase where like I was wearing dress shoes all the time. I had, I had a couple time. of really tight pair of creepers, mm. which would be nice. Uh, I should get those back. I've, I've had some John Fluvog shoes for a while there. Uh-huh. If you want to talk about my ridiculous footwear phase. How many shoes do you have right now, Bob? I, I've got like two pairs of dress shoes. I got a black dress shoe, mm. a brown dress shoe. I got my Converse low tops and I've got some Croc type things that I wear for, you know, walking the dog. That's it. Crocs are so comfortable. Crocs yeah, are just the they most are. comfortable. They're, they are. You, you look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but. They're or so cozy. Like, okay, I need to go out and walk the dog. I don't want to do the. I don't want to like go through all the trouble of putting on socks, tying shoes right. again with the Velcro laces coming in handy. Mm. But um, yeah, Crocs for that. Very, 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 very helpful. You look like a you 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 look like uh, an, an an absolute clown. But they're very comfortable. I have camo ones that my girlfriend got. Uh... <laughs> Are those tactical Crocs you're wearing? <laughs> you never know when you're going to need Crocs. I'll get you some. One memory uh, that I have from the from the very from the very first days of COVID mm-hmm. is suddenly nobody like could afford. Everyone was cutting like everything back to the point because everything was locked down, including advertising. And so when they would show, you know, MSG Network and SNY would show reruns of classic Mets and Knicks games. The commercials that started airing during those games, that was some um, that was some. That was some. Uh, <laughs> uh, very, 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 really kind of surrealist commercials. Uh, there were a lot of. There were a lot of advertisements for. I don't know why, but tactical socks. Tactical socks. What are those? I I have no idea what made them tactical. But I was going to say. Okay. There's a guy wearing mirrored sunglasses mm-hmm. and camo and said he was special forces and these are the only tactical socks people wear. <laughs> they were something like twenty nine ninety five for three, but they're tactical. You know, <laughs> in case this is the apocalypse, you should probably have military-grade socks, I guess. There was a lot of tactical gear being sold. There were tactical like toothbrushes, tactical eyeglasses and the, the tactical socks one is the one that kind of put me over the edge because I'm like it's a sock man I really there haven't as far as I can tell there haven't been a lot of technological advancements in the basic structure of the sock right in a century I mean you know elastic we got that mm-hmm. um, but aside from that it's you know it's still a sock and uh, it, there was some kind of like reinforced copper woven into the fabric. I, I don't know, man. It was a surreal time. I love that. I love that. Um, this naturally, br- actually, we're going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsors, but we'll be right back. All right. We are back on the Chase Thomas podcast where I'm still joined by the delightful Bob Silverman of the Daily Beast. It's It's weird mm. to me that uh, you, the Chase Thomas podcast is sponsored by a tactical sock. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry to uh, your show sponsors. That was rude of me to insult them. I, you should have told me beforehand. I mean, if we got Bombas in here, I would. I, I could 
read a mean minute and a half Bombas ad read. They're so cozy. Wear them all the time. Love my Bombas not... socks. There you go. I love Bombas. Um, Bob, this naturally brings us to the Lakers, who are actually bad. I remember this whole <laughs> offseason getting pushback where I said the Lakers, I think, are going to be lucky to get in the playing game. This was something I. There was people who were just penciling them in as the best team in the West, and I was like, I, I don't understand. You and I, we, you, me, and Andrew hashed this out on the pod. Mm-hmm. We did. We were I all the, yes. I was the one who said no. I, I think I agree. I think they're going to be bad. I agreed with you. You were right. I feel good about this because the Westbrook thing was objectively terrible from people that watch Russell Westbrook in the, the last three years. So the Russell Westbrook makes this version of this the thirty-two. Is he thirty-two now? I think he got drafted at 20 in in 2008. So, yeah. He's Um, 32, but he, that's what I thought. He turns 33 in two weeks. Right, yeah. He, like, 33-year-old Russell Westbrook. With no jump shot. Who has never developed a reliable jump shot. And, like, cannot deviate from the let Westbrook be Westbrook mindset that he has adopted his entire career. Um, doesn't make any sense with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. There is no point in getting it. It's just going to make the team worse. Um, and, you know, they've got various injured parts. They're, you know, they're like, you, you can't, and then, you know, bringing Rondo in. I mean, this team, if it was 2012, mm. this team would be, even though Anthony Davis would still be in junior high, this team would be awesome. Mm. I mean, come on. Uh, DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo, that's a great team in 2012. They also would have just been fine if they had made the trade for uh, Sacramento. Like, if they had yeah, brought in Buddy Heald. If they had brought Buddy in... Heald. that, Yeah. Buddy Heald would be a better fit. We, this is what we said last time. Um, I still don't think they'd be a relative. Like they st- they don't have enough. They do not have enough good defenders. And LeBron, in his oh my god, it's his nineteenth year, is not going all out on defense now. Which again, it's his nineteenth year. So in the fifth game of the regular season, he's probably not going to, you know, really bust his ass to close out on a three point shooter. But given the other defenders on the floor with him, he absolutely has to do that now. And that's just... Uh, it, it seems to me, and again, not based on actual reporting, I have no sources telling me this, it feels like LeBron's out of here next year. Ooh, back to Cleveland for part three. No, I think well, he'll pick something new and different and fun to do. He'll pick something new. I don't think he can... Do you really think he goes somewhere else one more time? I, I can see it. Does he? I, uh, I don't know if he has an out in his contract. He might. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. With it feels him. like LeBron is going through the motions. It feels like that last year in Cleveland. Well, here's what's cool though, is and this was something that I had said before, and I got pushed back from Corbin Ford and a bunch of other awesome guests on this podcast about this, like on the basketball shows, where I was like. I don't think Westbrook's going to be on this team come playoff time. Like, I think this is going to be one of those things where LeBron is going to be so frustrated because they're going to be in the same spot where they were last year, which was the bottom half of the playoff seeds in the you West, can, and you can't LeBron's win a title. LeBron's going into the final year of his contract. This is in, uh, next year's the final year. Yeah. You can trade LeBron. You can, 
but then you're just like if you're the lakers what do you do you're not building around anthony davis what's the path to improving this team well, I mean, they gave away their best young asset, so I don't really know. They traded. They traded a bunch of. They traded the guys. Kuzma, Harrell. Like you know, Caruso's Harrell's, gone. Harrell's a, a fine backup who kind of has trouble in the playoffs, and and Kuzma is, well, Kyle Kuzma's <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's a weird dude, but yeah, as for, or a weird player because there can be moments where you think, oh. Yeah, he could be like Tobias Harris. This could be a consistent 28 score. And there are moments where you wonder if he should be on a basketball court at all. Mm. But yeah, that's a young player that got you Russell Westbrook. But there are none. I mean, their one young player is Taylor Horton Tucker, and he's injured right now. So... It's bad. I just don't see it getting fixed. And I think they were number one in defense last year. I don't think they're coming anywhere close with this group. I think they could say, you know what? Anthony Davis is still young. Let's blow it up. No, you you move him too. Like he's gone as well. You're not building around Anthony Davis. And just assume that the next, that some other next round of superstar will, will choose LA again. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game. I, I don't know. It's pretty grim, and I don't feel. I mean, they lucked into LeBron anyway. Remember what this organization was prior to LeBron know, choosing they, the Lakers. LeBron, because Le- the only reason they were they were a mess, and then LeBron said, "I want to be here." Right. So, so that's what I'm saying. That, like, I think they're. It's about to get super dark in uh, in LA again. I think um, the reason why I think LeBron let leave is one, it was a little weird when he signed the contract of the length that he did. It was sort of a sort of like no, I'm done with this one and one thing. I'm not going to keep franchises, you know, waiting on bated breath. I'm going to set down, put down roots. This is going to be it. But LeBron gets, you know, he gets a little wanderlust and he likes to do different things, which is fine. That's not a criticism of him as a player or a person. He likes different challenges, uh, and it's just the vibe that I'm getting from watching him play is similar to the first, the, the 20, 2009-2010 season in Cleveland when it seemed clear like he was gone, and then the second end of the stint in Cleveland where he's like, look, I won the title. I did what I came here to do. I am sick of getting pantsed by Golden State and I'm going elsewhere. Um, it just has that, you know, time for him to move on thing. Look, I, not that LeBron is going to ask for a trade or anything like that, or that he... I, I don't know how he'll move on in this case, but he has a chance to move on without just gutting the entire franchise. Like, there are teams that would trade, you know, a ransom to get LeBron James on them. Yeah, you're doing... it. The Suns is the most logical one. Paul's there, Booker's there, and they didn't pay Aiden. So you do it like... Doesn't, that it you doesn't p- matter what the most logical one is. It's the team LeBron picks. Well, LeBron, I could see picking James Jones and the Suns. Yeah, he does like James Jones. They are buddies. And he, he, we they know how buddies. he feels about Of course, CP. there is a story that's about to come soon. Well, maybe that's so. what it is. When he goes to the Suns, he just buys the team. That's part of the deal to get him as he, he takes it, over. I don't think LeBron James has buying a team outright money. I think he has a partnership group of buying a team. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. But uh, you, you think he wants to settle down in Phoenix? I mean, I think he wants to own an NBA team. Sure. That is going to be one of the more interesting things, too. Um, as wealth becomes just more and more egregious in professional sports, that, like, a lot of 
the conversations that we have about like oh or i guess athletes who speak ill of ownership groups and then and correct like this is the right thing to do to speak ill of it generally speaking um to also want to get involved like that's the other part of this is that like well they all a lot of superstars want to get into this they want to be in that group look it one it's interesting uh, to me one, I, I, I got to take issue with what you said. Okay. Really? What are the public instances of athletes speaking ill of ownership? What I'm saying, speaking ill of just like other great, like painting them as the villains of just like where we're looking at, like we're getting screwed here. We don't like in, this is wrong. In labor negotiations. Right. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm, that's all I'm talking about. No. And, mm. Okay. Well, yeah, and then they want to negotiation. Right. And it's but they want to be on the other side of the table. Is what I'm saying. I think if they were, yeah, I don't think they are speaking ill of the idea of a single person owning a team. That would be my position. That no person or corporate entity should own a team. A team should be a public trust. Yeah. And not the fake public trust like the Green Bay Packers, but an actual public trust. That's never going to happen. No. <laughs> no it will not but that's what I think should happen Bob let's wrap up on the World Series how do you see it ending the The Astros are still the favorites um, Braves in five. Oh, Braves in five we're winning three Braves straight five. they're winning yeah all Atlanta games yeah mm. I'm nervous about this weekend by the way I know I, I, I know two Braves fans and you're one of them mm-hmm. and both of you guys are are, are are very scared and sure that doom is about to befall you I said this to my other friend who's a Braves fan I said yeah I understand all this doom and gloom fatalism from a team that's been uniformly like successful for the last 30 years <laughs> successful in Please. a different way it's not it, like if there are multiple titles yeah I mean it's it's a different kind of successful you yeah, I, I I've know. seen one title baby. in my life. Oh, poor baby! Mm-hmm. You've had a good. Winning I was four, team. by the way. You have rooted for a very good winning team for the entirety of your baseball fandom. I'm sorry that they that they biffed a couple of World Series along the way. Mm-hmm. Or just didn't get it. Just kept winning the division. I'd rather you just miss the playoffs than win the division that many no, times. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't rather that they just miss the playoffs. Because there's a wide gulf of possible outcomes between just miss the playoffs and become a festering boil that should be lanced. Mm. So there's that. You've had a wildly successful baseball franchise for the last 30 years. In fact, it's either the Braves or the Red Sox who are up there for the title of most consistently good baseball team for over the last 30 years. Mm. The Yankees, sure, but the Yankees have had a bunch. It's the it's Braves, Red Sox, Yankees. Those are the three premier baseball franchises. Hmm. I think in the next ten, we'll say the Astros are there. I mean, the Dodgers are like the it, Dodgers. Yes, the Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah, but the Dodgers only really started. I mean, they won. Roll. They won their NOS the last ten years in a row, right? Has it been up until this year? Yeah, the last decade the Dodgers got rolling, but there was a lot of, you know, down Raul Mondesi type mm, Raul Abanez. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there's there were there were a lot of those. Raphael years for call. Yeah. Andre Ethier. 
Yeah, there were James a lot of years, but they were a fairly mediocre team throughout the 90s and the 2010s. Paul Aduka. Uh, I don't know if he was. Was Paul Aduka a... Uh, uh, I thought Paul... Yeah, Paul Aduka took over for Piazza, I think. Mm. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Similar politics. Um, Bob. <laughs> uh, Mike Piazza only just ruined one like Division Three Italian soccer team. Has never been caught up in it, in all kinds of scuzzy gambling endeavors like Paul Bluduca though. So, shouts to shouts to Big Mike. <laughs> we'll end it there. Shouts to Big Mike. Bob, what would you like to plug as we wrap up here tonight at the Daily Beast or anywhere else? Uh, uh, I, I I got a bunch of stories cooking again. We're back in the Bob's got stuff cooking. We can't <laughs> talk about phase, uh-huh. which you'll remember from the entirety of spring and most of summer 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got some stories cooking, um, but you know you can follow me on Twitter where I will I will I will say things like Bing Bong about the Knicks, and uh, you know offer other pithy insights into the world of sports and politics. Uh, so yeah, awesome. I got a story, hopefully a couple of stories, hopefully run in the next two, three weeks or so, but we'll knock on wood. We'll see. And to Andrew Hammond, I hope you're listening, buddy. <laughs> and, and really, you know, rest, somebody mm-hmm. to see, maybe gargle with salt water. Mm. That usually helps the voice. That helped me when I had the, the, the throat issues a few weeks back. I, I'm telling you, that's an old actor trick. Mm-hmm. You gargle with the hottest, scalding where you think, oh my god, I'm giving myself second degree burns and super, super dead sea level salty salt water, and you will get your voice back at least for a couple of hours or enough to go on stage. There have been times when I've had a bad sore throat and my throat was just, I was growling like Tom Waits, and I had to go on stage. The super hot salt water is what does it. Add a little honey, you know, if you're feeling, if you're sensitive Andrew Hammond type, you know, Case buds can't handle all the salt. I like it. I like it. Bob Silverman, always a pleasure. I'll talk to you next week. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you to Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast for stopping on by. Follow him again at Bob Sietta. Uh, go subscribe to the Daily Beast if you've not already done so. Um, but yeah, thank you for stopping by today's episode and thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, if you listen to today's episode via Apple podcast, uh, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review to ensure this show continues to grow and help other people find the show. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell, uh, tell, tell whoever, tell whoever work colleague about the chase Thomas podcast and why you like it. That'd be, that would be great. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can keep up with the show, uh, by following me on Twitter at chase underscore Thomas. You can follow the, the new, uh, Twitter account at C Thomas podcast. Um, just another one so I can separate it and not just have to post all my stuff to my, to my own feed. Um, also like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. Uh, go check out chase Thomas podcast.com for all access to all of my previous episodes and, uh, email me at chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com with any sports questions for the show or just any podcast questions. Um, happy to answer them. So thank you so much again for listening to today's program. And I will talk with you good folks next week. Bye now. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.